0: Hi, folks. This is Ken. I'm in Uganda at the moment in this beautiful national park in kind of northern-ish Uganda called Murchison Falls National Park. Just wrapping up an almost three-week trip here. You'll hear more about that on the podcast. I'll chat with Charlie about that. Um, But for the moment, I'm here with Prasi Nanyombi. I've been working with her for the last three weeks. Um, She is a birding guide and a birder here in Uganda. Um, excellent birder, excellent guide. It's been it's been fun. And she's been kind enough to allow herself to be interviewed. <laughs> so I can ask her some questions. So, hey, welcome to Naturally Adventurous. Thank Prasi. you. And you told me Prasi is short for Praskovia. Praskovia. And it sounds so Russian. <laughs> I still think you might be part Russian.
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: Praskovia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Prasi is part of the Ugandan Women Birders Club, right, which has become quite famous in the US, I guess because of social media. And I, and it's been quite successful. Um, I'm curious to ask you about the club a little bit. Um, how did it start?
1: OK, thank you so much. I am first once again. Uh, the club started in 2013 after identifying the gap between the the, the gap which was in the industry, the industry it was male-dominated. So, Herbert Biarohanga sat and thought he could bring women on board. He opened up the club, so we joined the club as women. By then, we were about six women that started up the club, but now we are over 60 women in the club. in the club wow. now. That is national guide, site guides, and regional guides. And then some people choose to do culture. We all welcome every woman on board. As long as you are able to show ability that you can really do what a man can do. That's what we really want in the club. So the club is, the club mainly does a lot of training is wherever funding is available, we do excursions like every weekend if we have funds. We go to nearby areas like Mpanga Forest, Mabira Forest, Mabamba Forest, I mean Mabamba Wetland, Makanaga Wetland, Lutembe Bay. We visit those areas for a day excursion. We get together we get to learn from each other and then we get also to train the young children because mm, it is within the club that we have to nurture the young children uh we have a we have uh the young birders club oh. that is under the women birders because it is the women who know how to handle children <laughs> so we do that inside our excursions we advertise like we ask parents to send their children for that excursion and after the excursion we ask the kids questions we give them pay, uh, paper and pencil and crayons to share what they've seen like if someone has seen a classes cuckoo you draw it then shared using those colors then that's we give great. them marks and if we have funds we give them some prizes so that next time they can as well come back so I think that's about yeah, that's, Our club. That's great. I
0: yeah. didn't I didn't know about the Young Birders Club. No,
1: yeah, we have it. So
0: you're not only raising up women guides, that you're also raising like the next generation yes. of birders, conservationists. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So are most of the women birding guides or like safari guides? Or you said that cultural guides are also welcome, but are the majority kind of net, the nature? The majority
1: are mainly birders. Now we have also had now birders who are drivers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like... You take on a trip, you're a woman, you're driving and you're guiding. So we are having a full package now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you drive?
1: I'm learning to drive. Okay. maybe next year I'll (laughs) be on the road.
0: Next time I come back, you can drive too. (laughs) It's not common, is it? I mean, I Uh, like.
1: Right now we have over 10 women Mm, who who drive, who can drive and guide.
0: That's great. Yeah. Uh, just from s- sort of the parks we've been in, I don't think I've seen any women driving.
1: We saw one, it's maybe you can see, maybe we can a see Mister. Her, yeah, yeah. We
0: saw one. it's definitely still quite male dominated. It's male dominated,
1: but right now, when we count the top batters in the country, at least women can't fail to come in the third or fifth. Yeah, it's
0: a big change from yeah. so, starting with six. So where in 2013 when the club started? Were you a local guide at the... Uh, By what?
1: then, I was a local guide in Impanga Forest, mm-hmm. where I worked from 2011 to 2019. But my boss was kind enough. He could allow you to go for excursions. He could allow you to go for even the trips three weeks away, but you still come back and work. That was in Mpanga Forest.
0: So it was a bit, a bit flexible. So you started doing like national guiding or ritual guiding? I started guiding doing national guiding
1: and... in 2015. Mm-hmm. 2015, that's when I started natural, national guiding.
0: So how did you go from being a site guide to uh, a national guide? Like, was there a, uh, somebody who saw you it and said, is, oh, this bird, this is a good birder. Like, I know was, she can do the job. It
1: was still Herbert mm-hmm. the man behind the Bad Guides Club. He came to Mpanga Forest with a group of four clients. They were in a land cruiser. So I took them around the forest. So I said, hmm, you know your calls. How do you (laughs) learn these calls? I just, I told him I'm here to pass time because I don't have a lot of work to do at the site. So whenever I get free time, I go into the forest just to listen to the birds, learn their calls. Like
0: a true birder. You're... To relax, you go birding more.
1: Yeah, I saw. It's <laughs> just to, like Charlie and I. I used to have my timetable. Like every morning, before even breakfast, I could go in the forest, listen to the birds, and come back have breakfast. Then late afternoon, you're just at the sideboard. You feel like I need to look at these birds, learn them. So he told me, "Why do you do it? Just for leisure? Like I don't have much to do. I think I can listen at this to these birds." And he said, "Do you think?" You can go for a trip. I told him, I am not sure. He asked my boss. So my boss gave a go ahead. So that was a 23 days trip. He put me on a serious just trip. like that, yeah. just like that. So he put me on. We went all throughout the country. Uh, my first experience, it was a bit challenging. It was a bit tough, like staying in the forest for the whole day. <laughs> and every man you could find, you're doing badly. Birding is hard, I bet you will manage. You won't manage birding. But I said, if a man can manage, I think even a woman can manage. So I continued birding because I loved that challenge. Mm -hmm. I loved something hard. I didn't want to go for something simple. Right. Because people think mammals are simple, but there is nothing simple. You only have to have commitment for everything. So, when we came back from the trip, the clients he had gave me a bird book that's Birds of East Africa. Ah, oh, nice. So, I started with the Birds of East Africa. Without a binocular, I could go in the forest, look at the birds, follow them up until maybe when I see the bird, I remember identifying a green hill here as Firecressed Dalisi. It was my first challenge. We because, all started that yeah. way. Yep. So, that's how I started mainly. Yeah. Yeah. So from site guiding, I did a lot of travel. I could travel by my own. I travel, for example, to Semliki. I have my. I go with my tent. Stay just to, there just for go a week. birding. Learn
0: yeah. bird.
1: Just alone, because when you want to travel, when you want to learn birds, you need to be at. Sometimes you isolate yourself, because someone might have their program and you have your program for example Rick he says i want to go back tomorrow but your program was four days so better you travel alone go learn your birds then come back so that's generally how i started
0: yeah i think it's it's usually true like you don't learn birding by guiding you have to be a really good birder yeah you just have to learn yourself, or a, so
1: I could move from. You I say, guide. maybe Semuliki. I haven't been there. I haven't been to Bunyi. I haven't. I could travel. I could identify kind of my learned. weakness, mm-hmm. and I don't know these birds of this area. Then I right. go there. Right. Yeah.
0: And so to move it further back, mm. how did you become a site guide at Mpanga?
1: Ah, from <laughs> when I was in school, I did tourism management.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was from 20, 2009 to twenty eleven. So after the course, you're supposed to be posted for internship at any area. Actually, not of your choice by then. The, the school would identify areas like Queen Elizabeth, Windy, where, 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 where. So I was lucky I was posted in Mpanga Forest. That's how when I finished my internship, the boss there told me, no, don't go back. I've offered you a job. You stay here as a site guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he saw the clients were starting to come, oh, bird washing, oh, I could take them, they would come back very happy. Yeah, and there was a gap, there was no good guide there. No good them. guides yeah.
0: there. How, so how did you become a birder, though, in the first place? Because, I mean, you obviously just like birds like I do. So did that start I when you were very young? I liked or?
1: birds. In school, we were introduced to different tourism activities. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I needed something when I was in Mpanga. I looked at our notes and they said bird watching, uh, butterfly identification, mammals, reptiles. Those are the things someone can do in the field. Right. And I was in a forest where birds are. So I said, hmm, I can do birds. So when Hubbard identified, when Hubbard took me for a trip, it was a good kickstart off. I could. I saw what is done in the field, and I said, if I concentrate, I'll manage this. And then I gave myself a time limit. I said, 2013 and 2014. If I don't learn birds in those two years, I'll quit bird Give watching and do something else. <laughs> but good enough. Before even those years ended, I saw I was perfecting. So that's how. I started like, bird-watching seriously, and then Hubbard started giving me trips, because he knew I was very okay in forest sp- species.
0: Right.
1: He started by giving me trips that are centralized in the forest.
0: Kibale, Budongo.
1: Panga, Budongo, <laughs> Mabira Forest, like um, Elgon, Windy. Right. Yeah.
0: And then, so you started with the forest, which is the hard birding, yes. and then you added the savanna, which is yeah. kind of the easier birding. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's how I started,
0: but so when you were a kid, you were you not especially into birds, or did you always oh, kind of yeah, like birds? we
1: are young, we never know these things. Mm. Like at my home, in my culture, we have a totem. We have the pintado pintado wider uh-huh. as the first totem and second totem as the catarigret, but we only look at them. Yes, it is my totem. Yes, it
0: it. <laughs> you can identify. We two can identify
1: species. those two species. The yeah. other birds, we knew them in our local language, mm-hmm. like the Turacos, which we always at home, the Hornbills, the woodpeckers. we have their local names. But some other species, we don't have their local names. We have names of the birds that are in only our community. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, one thing about Uganda, it's just very birdy. Like, there's just birds Every, everywhere, everywhere, even villages. And, I mean, like around in Tebe Kampala, the capital... There are just so many birds. Yeah. I mean, like African gray parrots and great like blue we, turacos. Those
1: ones have the local names. Like great blue turaco is a fulungu. Okay. Then par- the parrot is kasku. Because they are always at home. The local, local people have their names. Like even when you're here, like in March Sun Falls, the people here have local names of the birds here.
0: Hmm. Different from the names in from central. From the names in the central. Because uh-huh.
1: different cultures, different languages, sure. who speak different languages. Sure. Mm.
0: So, what are what are the challenges of being a woman guide? I mean, there's so much like male dominated. Are there times when it's quite tough?
1: First of all, it is criticism. Like those males can be tough on women, especially in the field. They call you shoulder out. Like. Call you what? Shoulder out. Shoulder out. Well, the shoulder out. She just passed. Like, because you sit, they are driving you, right. and you're putting your shoulder, like, here.
0: Uh, <laughs> shoulder so, out. Yeah,
1: like, they keep criticizing,
0: like. Like, that's, uh, like, just for women guides, they would say that? Yeah, or? they would
1: say that because, it, as a woman, you're not supposed to be out there. Ah.
0: Uh, that's, you're, what, are you supposed to be at home or something? You're Is supposed that the, to be at the culture?
1: home. Number one, you're supposed to produce children and raise them. <laughs> That is by the culture. And also, culture affects a lot of girls. Like my culture, we are not supposed to whistle, number one. Number two, we are not supposed to put on trousers. But you can't maneuver in the forest in a skirt. (laughs) So it was a bit challenging. I spent about four or five years without going back home because I did not want that criticism after pursuing my passion
0: from your family
1: yeah from my family the first thing they saw was me on television and calls started (laughs) ah you got spoiled spoiled yeah being putting on trousers and whistling (laughs) is someone getting spoiled is like a prostitute or something like that that is one of the challenge that actually pushes some some women fear to go off from their family right But I wouldn't wish staying alone when I can earn something from my whistling
0: than (laughs) staying
1: in a skirt or putting on a Gomez when I am not having any money. (laughs) That's one challenge. Then the other is uh, family. Sometimes family gets tough. I remember the first time when I left my daughter when she was six months I had booked this trip before I got pregnant, so the trip matures, they confirm the dates when I'm about to deliver, so I confirm, because by then, when you're having the baby, you know six months, she will be a big, big big daughter, but then by six months, you're looking at the baby, she's still young, (laughs) and you have committed yourself.
0: Yes, tricky. These were
1: returning clients who I had done a trip with, right. and they asked to proceed again. So they booked from day one, so it was tough leaving my daughter. So family is sometimes
0: challenging. Criticizing you for your choice to do that?
1: Yeah, like, uh, actually, I was going to pull out, but my husband said no. You go. Good. You will come back, she'll stay. She'll be okay. she will... okay even when she used to cry all nightward, he could not tell me. Yeah. That was the other challenge. Being a woman, you want to have children and then you want to be in guiding. That's why I have one daughter now.
0: <laughs> she's about two, a little over two? She's
1: two years now. But she's now used to mama. Mama is always away. On and
0: off. <laughs> She's adapted?
1: She's adopted. She even gives you a goodbye, by this time, this trip, she, it took me about two hours to convince her.
0: When you left yeah. to, to the start of this trip?
1: Yeah, she, she was like, no, we are going together. Oh Yeah, so sometimes it feels painful, but you have to work because she needs to live. Yeah?
0: Yeah. I, it's tough to be a parent and a guide, even as a man. You know, it's definitely, it's... It's a strange life, yes. and it's it's just part of what's good is when you're home, you're really home like all the time. Yeah. So you really give a lot of time to your kids, but it's like either a hundred percent on or a hundred percent off.
1: Yeah, you never know when you're going to be off or on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because trips can come anytime.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: The other challenge is proving yourself that you can do more than a man,
0: <laughs>
1: like. People think like because you're a woman, you can't do enough like you can't run a tour just like the man can do right like some tour operators still think like a woman can't handle a trip Funny. so sometimes they don't employ us because they still think we are in unable to do to perform the the, the job right so you have to overprove yourself that right, you can right. do yeah
0: <laughs> so it's like you almost have to do.
1: More even than what you're than, supposed
0: than, yeah. to do. Uh, yeah. So you're not you're not really judged on the same like playing on the field. same level. You, you have yeah. to
1: go an extra mile. Mm-hmm. And even some people feel like maybe you're going to fall sick on a trip or maybe <laughs> like they th- still think of the African woman of those days who is supposed to stay at home to take care of children. Maybe clean the home, take care of the husband, which is okay. I can do that when I am free. But <laughs> if there is a trip, forget about me.
0: Yeah. So I mean it's hopefully it's getting better. If you've it, gone from six to sixty, it's getting more established. There's people, you know And the,
1: especially with driving after the women have proved they can drive even twenty days trip, thirty days trip. They yeah, are starting. It is like an eye opener. The tour operators are starting to understand that a tour can be managed by any person right. who is having expertise.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Mm. It's and I mean I think in some ways Uganda is probably now ahead of many other countries for for this. I mean, I've never seen a woman driver guide in like Kenya, Tanzania. Ethiopia, Rwanda. So hopefully we have
1: over 10. We have Judith, Vero,
0: uh,
1: Donna. we have Abia, we have the others who keep forgetting their names.
0: It must help, must help to have the club just to get together and kind of, uh, talk about things talk about the issues you have and the challenges you face
1: that is done during the excursions when we have excursions we have we spare maybe an hour to anyone having challenges what is what Mm -hmm. are you going through things like that during the excursions yeah
0: so when i was a kid birding wasn't very common i mean it was it was starting to be more common, but it was pretty rare. And it was pretty unusual to be like 13, 14 years old and be a birder. Mm. But we had, uh, that was when the internet was starting and we had like a listserv, like you send emails and we had this young birders, like club, online club or listserv. And then we could all sort of get together and talk and communicate. And it, it definitely had a big effect to just to make you feel like I'm not so strange to be a birder when I'm like 15 years old. Because in your normal life, you're not meeting anybody who does what you do as, mm-hmm. uh, and who shares your passion. So I imagine it's kind of like that. It's like.
1: It is the same mm-hmm. same here. People don't understand. Like, when you tell them, I'm going to watch birds. Watch birds, OK? <laughs> After watching them, what makes? <laughs> like, such questions. Like, people don't understand that you can do it as, like, something leisurely. Or you right. can, like, like, someone says, every evening, I'm going swimming.
0: Right, you or know? running, or biking, oh, or biking, or, or, yeah.
1: or hiking, or doing anything. So even bird watching is the same. If right. you are passionate about it, you only. The only thing is, some people think he can be a birder, but when they don't have passion. Like, Some, you have like if you do it just for passion, money or
0: yeah. for a job, it it, it never is really boring, goes well. Yeah, and actually yeah.
1: you never perfect. Right. Because even when you are at your home, you hear a bad call, you not bother about it because you don't have clients. But when you're doing it as a passion, you you say, What is that calling? So mm-hmm. you run first check for it, you oh, this is the one calling. Then you come back to your things because birds are everywhere in our <laughs> homes. <laughs>
0: Totally agree. I mm. totally agree. It's just starts with like your own passion and then it can turn into a career. But if you yeah. start the other way around, like I need a career and then I like I'm going to learn the birds. Uh,
1: like you it's, say, it maybe but as I paid well, mm-hmm. or you say, OK, I want to also be paid well, you won't achieve it.
0: Nope. Yeah. Nope. Uh, I can attest to that. I've definitely had quite a few local guides where you felt like, OK, they're just doing it because they, they want the a the job. And, you know, sometimes they help a bit, but it's just not the same. You can just tell when somebody just like really likes birds. That's what it takes to just become good. Like you said, like you just have this drive to, I need to know what that call is. (laughs) I'm going to stop cooking my dinner and I'm going to go out in the forest and find that bird. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a weird thing, birding, really. It's like a, it's kind of like an addiction. It's Mm, like the back of your shirt says addicted to To birding. birding, That's from the Ugandan Women Birders Club.
1: That's the motto for our club.
0: I like it <laughs> I guess it's I mean so in the in the United States burning is becoming quite common now mm. like really I mean like every park you go to you see somebody with binoculars you see, and people with cameras it's really like culturally acceptable now and like normal I'm sure it's not like that in Uganda right like it's not
1: it is uh, only the people in the tourism industry mm. who know what birding is But the communities there out. Some communities, because there is now a lot of sensitization from televisions, from uh Uganda Wildlife Life Authority, they sensitize the communities around because they know clients will be passing and they see a bad in your compound, they will stop. (laughs) So there is a lot of sensitization that is going on in the whole country. It is still a bit different in the north where people don't speak Different communities speak different languages. But in most of these other areas, it is OK. Like you saw we were moving, and then we stopped somewhere. And in
0: just the middle of nowhere, and you're walking through somebody's, essentially like their yard is, or uh, their, and their, their then garden. And they come
1: out. What I say, when you talk to them, they understand what you're doing. Just looking at the birds. Then after we leave, people might think maybe you're taking away their land, which is not right. But also they are right well, because you, they don't know the equipment you're you using. You can understand, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, they can't understand.
0: Big cameras and tripods and but stuff. But the
1: sensitization that is going on has helped a lot.
0: Yeah, that's great. They're, that's quite like advanced to be thinking yeah, of like that and now educating know, people like, about that. If you that. see
1: someone with a binocular, sometimes we got the extent of calling them up and then you allow them to look through the binocular. Sure. Because some people think binoculars are cameras. You're taking pictures <laughs> yeah. of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah
0: especially scope telescopes people telescope, never think it's a it is that they always is a, think it's a camera
1: that is something different because <laughs> they see people measuring land surveyors they use things like a scope yep so that's why they might be curious
0: Yep. yeah
1: but when you speak to them they understand
0: i had my telescope confiscated once when <laughs> I, I was i flew into mm. addis ababa ethiopia and was going through like airport security and they said, ah, what is this is this a telescope uh, yeah, that's a telescope. They wouldn't let me bring it into Ethiopia. I had to leave it at the airport. Oh. and I was thinking I was never gonna see it again. But I came back and sure enough they had it locked and gave it back to me. And I just <laughs> couldn't bring it into their country because oh. they thought I was gonna be spying or something. Okay. So yeah, Uganda's way ahead of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can definitely attest. I mean it's very yeah, yeah welcoming, yeah. safe. You feel Yeah, people are quite kind.
1: People are kind here. People are always wanting to see who Mzungu is.
0: (laughs) I mean, it must be interesting when like seven foreigners are like walking through your fields. What (laughs) on earth?
1: Yeah, if you talk to them, they understand. I'm looking at the birds then after. When I finish looking at them, I'll leave them here and then continue. They say, oh. After looking at them, what are you going to do with them? Leave <laughs> them here, then continue okay, are you gaining from that? Oh, no, I'm no. just just looking at them they say, okay, show them go on
0: this is what we gain this yeah. is our checklist. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were telling me at some point that there's a the on television like every week or something, there are nature programs, uh, but and uh, it's from Uganda
1: and uh, now the government has decided that for awareness like people need to discover uganda people need to know what is done in uganda like when tourists come what do they see mm-hmm. you as a person do you know your country like there is that program know your country they get programs like they come to murchison falls they cover giraffe elephants lion whatever is what whatever they can find then boat trips they go on boat trips then they make that as a show on TV, So that's great. speaking in the local language, which people can understand, mm-hmm. so that people can know, hey, I can see this animal here. Okay, I need to see that animal. So someone can travel and go and see that animal that he saw on television, other than watching programs from India, <laughs>
0: right. China, or, Yeah. things
1: like that. When oh, that's you, great. After you don't know your country, and okay, it's now a tr- becoming a trend in the young generation. People organize themselves and say, this weekend we are going to Murchison Falls. This oh, weekend great. we are going to Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. That's the reason they introduced giraffes in Lake Emborough at some point. Because Murchison Falls is far and Lake Mburu is near Kampala.
0: It's a few hours from the capital yeah, yeah. So, so people can yeah. drive
1: to Lake Mburu, go look at the animals, then drive back to Kampala. That's for the local tourists. You wake up very, very early. Like the, like the people in university, they say we have a weekend. Or they can even choose to carry their tents. They go and mm, camp in the yep. park, and then come back the following morning on Sunday. And then Monday they go back to school. So they're starting to, people are starting to tour. Yeah,
0: that's, that's really good. they are starting to tour. I mean, because
1: you, you can find, especially in holidays, like Christmas or holidays... We find a lot of local tourists, especially in Sun Falls, Queen Elizabeth, and Lake Emboro. Those three the, parks. The,
0: the places you can see big mammals. I guess big that's, mammals, that's always yeah. that way. That's what people want to see. People
1: would love to see gorillas, but still, gorilla is expensive to a local person.
0: Yeah. What is the price for Uganda? Uh, hundred dollars. hundred dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. expensive.
1: Still, for a local sure. person, sure. To afford because sure. you. Calculate transport, meals, things like that. By the end,
0: accommodation there. You're
1: more than 300 dollars, and for a local person to spend it over a weekend, that's a bit expensive. Sure. But Lake Amboro, they drive there. You pay entrance thousand is less than ten dollars for a local person, and then you enter the park and do whatever you want.
0: Oh, that's look great. at the
1: mammals, then you say, or oh, maybe we are camping, or we are eating here and there, or we go back to the next town and eat, then proceed back to our homes. That has all come because of the sensitization and awareness. People are now aware of what is in their country.
0: That's yeah. really encouraging to yeah. hear. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always think the model of like foreign people come in and look at nature...
1: And, and then for you, you don't know. Your you don't country. even
0: know what they're doing. It's just not a good. It's not sustainable. Yeah, like you, is. real long-term conservation has to be because like the people in the country want to conserve what they have. Mm-hmm. Tourism can help, and it, it can start things sometimes. Start maybe a culture of like wildlife observation. But the people in the country really have to.
1: And in under some circumstances, the foreigners cannot come. Like during the exactly. time of COVID, exactly. No one could fly in. But if the local people know that maybe and they have the resources, they can travel within their yep. country,
0: yep, yeah. that was probably one actually good thing in Covid is it's more domestic tourism within each country, yeah. yeah,
1: so if like here it was all almost all down. Mm,
0: uh, because we don't not, have not a much, lot of local tourism yeah
1: the local the domestic tourism we have is mainly for school children mm-hmm. university students. And a small population of young generation, like between twenty and twenty-five,
0: mm-hmm.
1: those ones so travel it's a lot. The
0: youngest generation. It's it's not the older people yet.
1: Older people don't understand. Like even me. Like my my parents don't understand what I do. <laughs> for example, they don't understand what I do. Like, mm-hmm, they keep asking, okay, you go and see the um, animals now after then. What next? Okay, you watch the birds. After watching them, next? <laughs> like, such questions still keep coming. Yep. That's why one time I think if I ever have money, I'll put them in a car and drive them to one of the national parks yeah, we have. that'd be and great. They see Maybe what you'll... I go through, what I do, my daily life when mm-hmm. I'm on a trip at some point if i ever have money yeah yeah you so should do should it do that
0: definitely Yeah. this the campaign that you mentioned where they put ugandan things on tv like know your country do you know mm-hmm. how that started like how or why did that start was there like a minister of tourism or education who I or was it the president who had that I but it was a directive
1: from the president mm-hmm. to Every television must have a program that shows people Uganda. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh that's that's great. Yeah.
1: It was an initiative I think by the president. I can't remember very well, but I remember him mentioning that. Hmm. Yeah. Like people have to know their country.
0: So you mentioned that there you guys are putting together a Ugandan women. Birders conference Conference, well tour and then post tour conference Mm -hmm. Um, You want to tell people a little bit about that because I think (laughs) that people are welcome from all over the world, right?
1: Okay Uganda is organizing the Uganda women birders conference That will be in Kampala on 6th up to 8th December It will kick start off with a 10 to 12 days trip Everyone is invited you're free to sign up it is everywhere on social media you can join Uganda Uganda I mean but Uganda Women Badgers conference it is on social media you can sign up for a trip you can feel free to donate anything you want like cameras binoculars like any equipment because actually in Uganda we don't have a shop
0: right that sells it's equipment hard to buy these things yeah. it is
1: very hard to buy these equipment uh, we have had some donations like is it Kola? Cola some some company donated some uh
0: Kawa maybe K O W A Kawa. Uh, yeah. Kawa. Uh-huh.
1: That one donated about sixteen binoculars. Oh great. That was in after, before it was last year. They not donated those binoculars and the women are happily using them. Huh, great. So if anyone out there is having a binocular still in good shape, you can feel free to donate it to the Uganda Women Bakers Club we are always welcome we always welcome all the equipment
0: and how the best way is basically if you're coming to Uganda to bring it right it's,
1: yeah you bring it to Uganda yeah. or if you have someone coming to Uganda mm-hmm. send you can it with them. send it to, to them
0: and you said the conference or the trip in the is open to men and women, right? It's not only women? It is open
1: to men and women because in society we work with men (laughs) and men are always supporting the women. So the trip is open. Uh, We have different speakers invited from all over the world who are going to be speaking on that conference and people will be testifying, giving testimonies of how the trip has been Mm -hmm. because there will be a Post uh, Pre-trip, a trip before the conference, from to different areas of Uganda. People will go to Windi, see the gorillas. Ah, They'll go to Queen Elizabeth, Kazinga Channel. They'll go everywhere in Uganda. Look at the birds. There will be different groups. Groups different all over the country. Yeah. Everybody
0: different comparing guides. notes. Uh-huh.
1: And now you testify the great work that Uganda Women Birders is doing.
0: So I assume you're guiding one of those trips?
1: I should be
0: there. <laughs> you know,
1: I must be there. You
0: know where you're guiding people? Not I sure don't
1: yet. know yet. But somewhere. Somewhere in Uganda. I'll take people to see the country.
0: Oh, that's, yeah. that sounds great. Sounds like it should be a lot of fun. It should be. 6 to 8 December. And people can just find it online, on social media, social all over media, the place. if yeah. you
1: say Uganda Women Birders Conference, You'll see it even on Facebook, Twitter, it is there.
0: The uh, the club does an amazing job with social media. I, I think <laughs> it's all over. You see it a lot on, on Facebook and other things. And, yeah, just keep up the good work for that. Thank um, you. I think Americans, probably Americans, know more about it than Ugandans.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so, because we have a bigger population of bad watchers in America right. than we do in Uganda. Sure.
0: Yeah. Sure. Well, I appreciate you You're talking to me. Um, is there anything else you want to tell people about yourself or about your country or <laughs> no pressure? <laughs> I
1: welcome everyone to come to Uganda. Uganda is very safe. Sometimes social media can say Uganda is not safe, but in real life, if you're here, Uganda is very, very safe.
0: Very safe, yeah.
1: About the, the gay law. That one is no crime if you are on a trip you stay on a trip then you can do whatever you want
0: they're not at home. they're not basically enforcing any kind of laws against foreigners there is
1: nothing it's like uh, someone is going to enforce like a foreigner maybe if you're doing this but for foreigners if you're doing tourism no one is on your neck
0: they're not harassing no one harasses people. you
1: no nothing, you come here, do your trip, and then come go back home safely. Foreigners here actually are given more priority than the local people.
0: Yeah. yeah, More security
1: to them than the local people. Like me, I can be anywhere, but the foreigner, everyone will be looking at them as something precious.
0: It's like the thing like we were talking about in the national parks, where if the foreigners go for a walk and they have a guard, but then they send uh people to cut the lawn with... with Uh They go by themselves. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's, foreigners are given first priority. Like sometimes it feels like maybe the foreigners have life and the local people don't have life
0: mm, in that yeah, instance where the people
1: were slashing on the road.
0: Something feels unfair about it. It's like people are people, and if you're going to protect the foreigners, you need to protect local your employees as well. Yeah. But that's another that's a that's a whole other conversation. Mm. But for sure, if you're a foreigner in Uganda, you'll be welcomed. It's safe and. It has the best pineapple in the world.
1: <laughs> avocado? You haven't talked about Man.
0: that? I've eaten so much avocado. We've we've been just stopping like in the middle of villages and buying avocados. It's avocado season. Prasi has been helping me to source <laughs> avocados and negotiate for avocados. And I think I've probably eaten like 200 avocados in Uganda. <laughs> it's wonderful avocado. Yeah. So definitely, yeah, I definitely recommend Uganda. And recommend prossi. She's she's a freelance guide. She does um, works for various people. But she's available. You'll, people find you on social media and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: on social media like Facebook. I am prosy Nanyombi Facebook. Mm-hmm. That is mainly where I am. And my email is prosibada at gmail.com. Simple.
0: I'll put it in the show description so people can look that up.
1: Yeah, prosibada at prossi gmail.com. Berger. Great. Well, so everyone is welcome to come and do and see the wonderful birds that we have. Uganda is such a blessed country that you can see birds anywhere, everywhere, That's and true. at any time of the day. Yep. If you are in the right place, like you are in the forest, you can do birds every time, every now all and day, then, all, all day, all night. <laughs> and in the savanna, if you're blessed with the cool weather that day, you don't want to come back to the hotel. You'll want to stay back In the field, see the birds until darkness decides that, no, please go back.
0: As we did the day before yesterday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But before that, Uganda is very safe. You're free to come. Come uh, and see the gorillas, the chimpanzees, the big mammals.
0: Good mammals too, yeah. All
1: birders would love to see what mammals we have. Because Definitely. other than the birds we have, we have a lot of mammals that are enjoyed by people.
0: Great, yeah, amazing for primates. I mean, the, the two great apes and all kinds of other really, like, yeah. loss monkey, like right, beautiful monkeys. Like when you National yeah.
1: Park, you have chance of seeing thirteen primates in one park.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So, well, we're we're taking a little siesta now. And then we're going to go out in a couple hours and our mission is to find lions because we've had an amazing trip. We've, uh, we've recorded over 500 bird species and a lot of mammals, but we haven't found lions yet. So we're, we're sort of <laughs> looking for lions, but then also trying not to think too much about finding lions. <laughs> well, thanks so much for chatting, Prasi. Really appreciate it. Thank and you. Uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure to work with you. Thank
1: you so much.